0: Welcome to Fantasy Sanctuary. It is Dynasty Monday and I'm going to dive into 10 players who have seen their value change after this weekend of football. I'm going to spotlight five players who skyrocketing in value and five players who are plummeting. Should you be buying? Should you be selling? And if so, what that cost should be. Stay tuned. Stick around and you will just have the current pulse of the value in this ever-changing market. First up, we have got probably the biggest name after this weekend, the guy that blew up out of nowhere and is probably got people clamouring for him in your dynasty leagues. Will Levis, fresh off that four-touchdown performance, finishes the QB6 in week out in his NFL debut. Wow. But I'm here to put, call the brakes a little bit. Yes, it was good. Yes, his value is increasing, but it was a little bit lucky. It was a little bit boom bust. It was either check down or go deep. There was some blown coverage. It wasn't everything you think. And let's be honest, that 13.8% touchdown rate is completely unsustainable. I really like Will Levis. I think he's got potential to be a starting quarterback in the league. If you listen to our week eight preview show, I was talking with Matt and I said, Go out and buy Will Levis now because you can probably pay your second and he's going to be worth the first in a couple of weeks. Well, guess what? He's now worth probably a mid to late first this year's draft. Really impressive. I don't think he's the next superstar. I don't think he's going to blow up. But anytime there's a starting quarterback, he's probably going to start for the rest of this year. He's going to start next year and at least the year after. That is worth a first round pick. So. Yeah, potential there, really phenomenal performance, but very interested to see what he's going to do this week on a short week as they try to turn it around. Their next riser, Brandon Ayuk. Yes, yeah, not his best game of the season, but it's just consistent production. The wide receiver 17 overall, averaging over 15 points per game. We were worried about how much volume he would get. We were worried about all the males to feed in this offence. Well, he's averaging 28.7% target share. He's got a 33% targets per run rate, which is massive. For me, he is now a top 12 dynasty wide receiver. He's my wide receiver 11. I've moved him ahead of Cooper Cup, Drake London, DK Metcalf and T Higgins. He is now in that franchise cornerstone market where you can build around him and feel comfortable. I would happily go and pay a first and a second to acquire him. And I think that there is still more to come in terms of his production as Brock Purdy continues to get settled in this offence and as they continue to improve as a team and grow. And Brandon Ayuk, what can I say? He looks phenomenal right now. The next guy, Brees Hall. He is now my dynasty RB1. He has overtaken Bijan Robinson. Look, Bijan Robinson is phenomenal. He is an incredible prospect, but he's not producing right now. Brees Hall since the Jets took off the shackle, since Robert Sala said, that's it, no more pitch count, he's unleashed. Three consecutive top six finishes at the running back position. The craziest thing is the receiving usage. 36% targets per run rate. I said Brandon Ayuk was mad at 33%. Brees Wall is getting targeted on more of his routes than Brandon Ayuk. I would happily take two firsts to acquire him. I think there is an even higher ceiling when the Jets actually get a competent quarterback under centre. It could take this offence to a whole new level. If you're not sure, go and watch his touchdown from Sunday. He made three joints miss, if not four, slip through a hole that I didn't think existed. It is a phenomenal play and he's doing it week in, week out. Since he entered the league, he has got more touchdowns at, of 50 yards plus than any other player in the league. And that's with him missing time to his ACL injury. He is a stud. He is a star. And he is someone that I am happily building around moving forward. The next riser, a little less sexy, but we've got to give the Titans some love at some point. Cole Komet, Titan seven overall. Tom and I had a little back and forth about him in the offseason, but yeah, he's not exciting. Yeah, he's not sexy, but he's just getting it done. 18.3% target share. He's had four Titan one weeks. Look at the tight end position outside of the top three, they are boom and bust. Colkmet is going to be boom or bust, but he feels like someone that you can at least have a little bit of confidence in moving forward. I'd happily go and pay a second round pick for him if you need someone at the tight end position. Yeah, I'd rather go out and spend all the money and get Andrews or Kelsey, but we can't all do that. So Colkmet is a plug and play tight end for at least the next couple of years and someone that you can feel a little bit safe in moving forward. And then the final riser. Taylor Heineke, Look, I don't think this is his job yet. I st- still think this is Desmond Ritter's job. I still think that there was some sort of worries about head injury, concussion as to why he got benched on Sunday. But the fact that Heineke played, it's, it's kind of opening that door. is starting to creep into the territory where Desmond Ritter could get benched. If you can go and get a Heineke on, on waiver-wise, if you can maybe pay a third-round pick for him, there's potential that he could be starting at the back end of this year. And Look, we've seen with Heineke when he's under center. We know he's going to push the ball downfield. We know he's going to take some risks. He's got that gunslinger mentality. Well, with Carl Pitts, Drake London, Bijan Robinson, he could seriously put up some impressive fantasy numbers as the season continues. If you're liking what you're seeing and you've not hit the thumbs up button, do it right now. It takes one second, really helps us out. And if you want more fantasy content, hit hit the subscribe button. We've got the preview show coming on Thursday, all of Tom's DFS content and so much more. Rather than go searching for it, hit subscribe and it will come to you. Now we're going to get negative. Let's talk about some fallers. Jordan Love started off the season on an absolute tear, unsustainable touchdown rate, but we've seen that regress slightly. Now QB 13 overall, averaging a little over 17 points per game. The reason he's a faller for me, I thought he was a nailed on start last year and this year, I'm now not convinced. I think that there could be a potential where the Packers move on from him at the end of the year. He's only got a $12.5 million dead cap in 2024. That's not massive. You know, James Winston's got a similar number and he's a backup and they spent money on Derek Carr. The Packers could easily move on from him. They've got a sixth overall pick as it's projected right now. If you can get any first round pick for Jordan Love, I'd probably do that right now. But what I, the move I might make is pivot to a player... Uh, maybe someone like a Derek Carr that's that's got that kind of safe, solid, you know, incubated value because of the contract. Maybe you can go and take a risk and get, you know, Daniel Jones, who's undervalued right now, or or maybe even someone like a Gerald Goff, who's just going to give you a little bit more reliable production without that ceiling, but you don't get the risk of the value completely plummeting if he loses his starting job. The next faller, look, it hurts, it's painful. Kirk Cousins, if you want to know how to replace Kirk Cousins, I've just recorded an entire video dedicated to that. Go and check it out. It's in the feed. But his value has plummeted. He was worth a first plus 24 hours ago. He's now worth probably a late second round pick. That's about all I'd pay to acquire him on a rebuild. It's a shame because he was playing some phenomenal football. What he was doing in this offense, the command he had of it was absolutely phenomenal. But his value has plummeted. I think he probably gets a starting gig again. But there's going to be some concern. He's not going to be fully healthy for the start of off-season programs. It's going to be interesting if a team is willing to fully commit behind him moving forward, because he is a free agent when he's got this Achilles injury to return. He will need to recover quickly. He will need to be fully up to speed by probably April, May, June time for a team to commit to him. I'd love to see him somewhere like the Falcons, I think, with those weapons in that offence. Maybe we go and see him in in one of the Shanahan-McVay offences. I think there's still some talent there. I still think there's some longevity for Dynasty, but I'm seriously concerned because if he doesn't rebound quickly enough from this Achilles injury, it could be that Kirk Cousins' starting days are sadly over. Tony Pollard is another fooler. Look, this one hurts because I love Tony Pollard. I thought that there was phenomenal value where he was going in drafts. I thought he was a steal in the offseason, but he's just not getting it done. I'll be 15 overall. He's got that 62% opportunity share, but he's only put together four top 24 weeks. He's just not getting it done. One of the biggest reasons, he's just not finding the end zone. 35 touches within the red zone and only two touchdowns. But I still believe in this offence. I still believe in Tony Pollard. I think if you can go out and buy him for a mid first round pick, maybe you can get him for even less than that. Maybe a contender's first. I think he's the type of player that could get it all together, could put it all together and could easily help carry you to a title. So, yeah, he's falling in value. He is absolutely on the decline in terms of that dynasty value, but a player that I'm quite aggressively going to target right now. A guy that I'm not targeting and not touching at all, Miles Sanders. We're only about forty-eight 18 points per game, averaging less than seven and a half points. This is now Tuba Hubbard's backfield. I think we saw the shift on Sunday. I think that Tuba Hubbard is now going to be the number one. And I don't even think Miles Sanders is the one B. I think he is now the two. I would take any second round pick for him in, dra- in trade. I think you might struggle to get that. I think you might need to be a couple of thirds or, or maybe it's a player based trade. But yeah, not touching him. I think this could be his fantasy relevant career, sadly, down the tube the final faller. This one hurts. You know I'm a big Chris Olave fan if you've been around. He was a top six dynasty wide receiver for me, but he's just not getting it done at the moment. Wide receiver 36 in points per game. The target share is there. He's seeing the overall target volume, but he's just not finding the end zone. He has got more receiving yards per touchdown than any receiver or tight end in the league. 517 yards for one touchdown. i still have go and pay two first I still think the talent's there but this offense needs to sort itself out Derek Carr I think is still not 100% sure 100% healthy with the AC joint sprain he looked better on Sunday but he's still not fully back and I think that whilst Chris Olave will still be a a, you know a cornerstone you can build around the fancy superstar his value is declining because he's quite frankly just not getting it done at the moment Is there somebody that you think I should be talking about that I've missed? Is there someone that you completely disagree with that I've talked about? Let me know in the comments below. I love hearing your thoughts on all of these guys. And if you're not subscribed, hit that subscribe button because we've got so much more content coming over the next few days. We'll be back on Thursday with the preview show. And, of course, Tom's DFS content will be here in time to make you some money for the weekend.